We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. Have you taken in the fall colors? For the past couple months, Marylanders have been treated to the deep crimsons, vivid yellows, and warm ochres that autumn brings. This year, some fortunate leaf peepers in Montgomery County saw the full spectrum of autumn for the very first time. They participated in an adaptive equipment program at Brookside Gardens, which now offers special glasses that filter light to alleviate colorblindness. And Chroma, the company based in Berkeley, California, that makes the glasses, has outfitted more than 400 museums and parks across North America and Europe with the glasses for loan. Most recently, Enchroma also developed an updated test for colorblindness to obtain more accurate diagnoses. Don McPherson, chief science officer, co-founder, and inventor of Enchroma glasses, joins us to tell more. Welcome back to On the Record, Don. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. First, what is happening in the eye that makes a person colorblind or, or have color vision deficiency? Well, there's lots of different types of color vision deficiency, but the one that's the overwhelmingly most common form is what is called anomalous trichromacy. And if you think about the word, it just means you have three photopigments, just like people with normal color vision, but there's something anomalous about one of the photopigments. We call them cones also. Um, and red-green color blindness is uh, by far the most prevalent form. And what is happening is that one of your photopigments or cones is receiving the wrong wavelengths of light. That is, let's just say you have red-green color blindness and you, for someone with normal color vision, the light enters the eye and it's captured by the photopigments or cones and then processed in little calculators or mechanisms within the eye called midget ganglion cells. And they basically take information from the three cones and do a little mathematics, either summing them or taking the differences, and then it shoots it up the optic nerve to your brain. And then through a series of mechanisms, that information is turned into a perception of color. So what happens if you have this anomalous trichromacy is that two of your photopigments overlap too much. So when it tries to do the math, it comes up with the wrong number. And how this manifests as perception is somebody who has red-green colorblindness will look at something like pink and they'll see it as gray. They'll look at something as moss green and they'll see it as gray. They'll see red as brown, uh, green as orange, possibly, or even mm. yellow. And this this sort of uh, what they call c color confusion is the manifestation of that overlap. So what we do is we have a filter that has a narrow band of absorption. And we place that absorption band right at the point where those two cones overlap too much. And that does something like reestablishes a normal capture of the cones of light entering the eye. So that something that is purple to a normal person would appear blue, dark blue to someone who's color deficient. Now they get that red signal re restored. So they see blue plus red and they get purple. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, 
seems like a miracle, especially since the glasses are neutral gray in color. You can't really um, imagine that this neutral gray lens would do something like that. But that's what it does. It does seem like a miracle. You mentioned this the kind of colorblindness you were describing is the, mo the most prevalent. How prevalent is it? Well, as a frequency, you can imagine about um, 1 in 12 men, so that's about 8% of men, and about 1 in 200 women, so that's about half a percent of women. And that adds up to about uh, 10 million people in the United States and over 300 million people worldwide that have this form of anomalous trichromacy that our eyewear can assist with. And once you have it, you have it. It's not something that's age-related or anything else. You're born with it. This particular type, this red-green anomalous trichromacy, affects a, a specific cone. There is a form called acquired color deficiency, which is more diffuse in, this, in the sense that it affects all three cones. And that can just lead to a loss of color acuity, if you will. That is, things don't seem as sharp. And this is important as you get older because the color tells you a lot of important information about where things are in space, uh, where the edge of something is or where the, the edge of something else begins. So if you don't have good clarity of color, you can lose a lot of your visual acuity. So yeah, the, the form that we treat is uh, hereditary, but there is some evidence coming out of some research labs I'll give a little shout out to uh, Dr. Jeff Rabin at the University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas, has been testing our glasses on people who, who have this acquired form and is finding remarkable improvement in color perception. I mentioned the new colorblindness test you developed. I, I, I took it. There are circular patterns of colored bubbles, and the user tries to make out what number can be seen among the bubbles. It seems really similar to other tests I've taken for colorblindness. How is your test different? Yeah, we are what's called a PIP. It's a pseudo-isochromatic plate test. And I understand why they call it a PIP, because it's a lot easier to yeah. stick. <laughs> so, the whole concept of the PIP was developed in the late 19th century, early, early 20th century. And the idea is that by creating this mosaic of, of dots or little circles, it isolates your chromatic perception. By having these dots that have varying degrees of lightness to them, you can uh, frustrate somebody who's color blind who might just use brightness cues to see the hidden symbol. So you create this sort of dappling of light and dark circles so that they cannot use their lightness sensitivity, which is as good as somebody with normal color vision. So what we do in this new test and how we differ from the other tests out there is this is a portable test, so you can take it on your phone or your computer, and it isolates a particular cone one at a time. So if, you're, if you suffer from the most common form of anomalous trichromacy, which is called deuteranomaly, that affects your green photopigment or cone. We will test just that cone. We'll also test your red cone and your blue cone. But by testing them individually, the test can be done very quickly with high accuracy and specificity. 
uh, a lot of the tests just kind of give you this coarse grading of mild, moderate, or severe, we can actually give you a percentage of your performance relative to that of a normal. And you can also see how your S cone or your blue sensitive cone is doing, which starts to degrade as you get older. That's one of the forms of uh, acquired color deficiency. So you start to lose your sensitivity to blue light. And one of the real advantages of doing this is that if you take our test and you say, oh, I have this you know, weakness in my red or green sensitivity, and then you put the glasses on, boom, instantly you'll see this improvement in your performance if you retake the test. Now the real miracle happens here. There seems to be some perceptual learning effects so that people who wear the glasses for an extended period of time, a week, two weeks, you know, wearing it every day, they come back and they take the test and their score is really good. It's much better than when they took it in the beginning. They take the test without the glasses. They take the test without the glasses. And that's the perceptual learning process. So there seems to be some sort of resetting at the cortical level of mechanisms that rely on this information from the cones. And with the glasses in place, you score very well. Most people score close to that of having normal color vision. And that's been confirmed in some laboratory tests at some universities. But uh, we did a test with 80 people. Uh, half were green colorblind and half were red colorblind. And they, more or less, all of them showed improvement. And some of them showed this phenomenal improvement without wearing the glasses after about 10 days or two weeks. And that's the most interesting thing to me right now. And I'm in the process of doing uh, writing a grant to study that phenomena and try to understand exactly what does this mean. Because to me, um, I'm, I fully believe the glasses work as advertised um, and really change people, people's lives, but I want to understand what is really going on at the cortical level. That's Don McPherson, Chief Science Officer, co-founder and inventor of Enchroma Glasses. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. The glasses alleviate colorblindness or color vision deficiency. A glasses on loan program rolled out in Montgomery County this fall. How would a more accurate color vision deficiency test affect a child's education? The thing that's really disturbing to a lot of people who learn this is that only 11 states test for color vision deficiency in the primary school. So this is a problem because, you know, children are not self-advocates and they're also somewhat insecure about anything that, that makes them different. And a lot of children find out they're colorblind because there's no testing when they start to draw with crayons. Um, in fact, um, crayons, in effect, are like the de facto color vision test because a teacher or, or a, a parent will notice that the colors are wrong. You know, the grasses are wrong color, the trees, whatever. So this, the problem with misidentifying colors is that 80% of information in a classroom is color-coded uh, and visual. So if you're having to develop early childhood workarounds, um, you end up investing a lot of your focus on trying to interpret a lesson where everyone else is just getting it instantly because they can see the color component of it. 
Eighty yeah. percent of information in a classroom is is color coded, huh? Oh, especially at a really young age, um, it's like the first thing they do is they teach in color. Clearly, as you get into high school and college and professional life, you've 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 come up with adaptations. You know how to to read uh, color coded information and do a pretty good job with it. So how a color vision test would help is because it's portable and just about everybody has a smartphone, you could imagine uh, schools getting this sort of information very quickly, very inexpensively, and then adapting their lessons, at least being able to identify the children who have color vision deficiency. And since the Americans with Disability Act this July has finally classified color vision deficiency as a disorder, a disability that requires reasonable accommodation, it seems like it would be very easy to use this inexpensive test and equip the children with indoor glasses so they could follow along their lesson plans. Well, is is Encroma working to get this updated test into school systems? And and if so, what kind of hurdles are you encountering? This news just came out in July, so we're trying to work out a, a strategy. But we would love to start working with some schools um, to do exactly this. It's always difficult because education systems are different in every state, even counties. Um, it's a lot of it's top down. It's hard to say really how we would get in. We almost need to have a school system approach us and say we're willing to try this. Hmm. Um, why do you see it as part of Encroma's mission to make full spectrum color vision or or something close to it available to people so they can take in nature and art? Well, I mean, color really is a, an essential part of life. You know, there's evidence that people who are color deficient have a reduced uh, lexicon of color descriptors. So they don't use color as much to describe things, and yet color is a what they call like a primary identifier. Um, if you're looking at a scene, you'll say, no, that red car over there, that's mine. You don't say that that car that's a little lower than the rest of them, or you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The car with four four windows. You describe it, color is just this primary descriptor that is extremely important. It's more salient than things like size. So hmm. not feeling comfortable with that sort of leaves a lot of people at a little bit of a disadvantage. And But like I said, um, the color deficient learns how to adapt and to modify the way they talk to work around their lack of a full color perception. So I think that adding that, the quality of life, being able to uh, do all the things that normal color vision people take for granted, like walking in a flower garden or, you know, driving through fall scenery, like you mentioned, um, the aesthetics of food, and of course, learning. Um, we get a lot of feedback from people who use our glasses who just say that they're kind of life changing because they do feel like they can uh, fully participate where before they were unable to do that. So well, I think just adding that adding that into the into the mix to give them a more even level playing field is what our goal and why we've been passionate about 
for instance, getting it into school systems, and it's why we have our color accessibility program. We just came back from uh, D.C. where they had a reveal at the uh, Smithsonian, and uh, it's just amazing to watch a group of people stand around and interpret a piece a painting, which is what they did. They got up their glasses, and they just started talking about what they could see in the paintings that they couldn't see before. And it was just so fantastic to see this firsthand, uh, you know, talking about the art. Because when you're colorblind, you kind of, you don't talk about it. And here they were given an opportunity to talk about it, share their perceptions. Um, it was really cool. So that's why I'm passionate about it. And that's why the whole, whole team in Enchroma gets enthusiastic about stuff like getting it into museums, to universities. That's what keeps us going. Am I right that you yourself are not colorblind? I am not, but I wear the glasses every day. Um, you know, I have aged eyes, but I'm pretty sure that my color vision is exceptional because of wearing the glasses. I think I've forestalled some of the diffuse color vision loss that happens with age. Well, what, what motivated you to get into this? Oh, boy. Okay. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a glass scientist by training. And I was in the Bay Area, and I had a company where I made uh, laser safety eyewear for laser surgeons. And it turned out the laser surgeons were, shall we say, borrowing the glasses and taking them home. And the reason they were doing this is they liked the fact that they brightened colors. And so I found out they were using them as sunglasses, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I. I started wearing a pair as sunglasses and I thought these are pretty interesting. I knew nothing about color vision at that point and I happened to be playing ultimate frisbee at a tournament in Santa Cruz and my friend borrowed my glasses and he was colorblind and he said, dude, I can see the cones, meaning he could see the field marking cones that are bright orange. Uh, and I said, well, what do they look like without? And he said, oh, I can't tell, I can't see them at all. They're the same color as the grass. So because, you know, I'm, I'm trained to solve things, I got curious about that and started looking into it. So I, I submitted a grant to the National Eye Institute and they funded it. And from that came in Chroma. That was in 2010. So we've been doing this for a while and we've learned a lot in the process. Thank you so much for telling us this story. Thanks thanks for talking about this. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Don McPherson is Chief Science Officer, co-founder, and inventor of Enchroma Glasses. The glasses alleviate color blindness or color vision deficiency. Montgomery County's Park System began a glasses loan program this month for people visiting Brookside Gardens. The Smithsonian American Art Museum and the National Gallery of Art in D.C. also have them for loan. We've got more information at the On the Record page at wypr.org. Short break on the record. When we're back, a stoop story. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us.